From the University of California, Irvine, this is the UCI Podcast. I'm David Namey. Thank you for joining me. For this episode, we're going to learn about the Simplified Free Application for Federal Student Aid, more commonly known as the FAFSA. The FAFSA is used by students to apply for federal financial aid, such as federal grants, work-study funds, and loans. Submitting the FAFSA gives students access to the largest source of financial aid to help pay for their college education. In addition, many colleges and universities use FAFSA information to determine eligibility for state and school aid. The FAFSA has been simplified for the 2024-2025 school year. In 2020, Congress passed the FAFSA Simplification Act, allowing for major improvements in the application process. Changes include new formulas for calculating aid. The new FAFSA is intended to expand the Pell Grant to more students and will link eligibility to family size and the federal poverty level. But the rollout of the new FAFSA hasn't been without its challenges. The U.S. Department of Education recently announced that colleges will not receive the first batch of data from the federal aid applications until mid-March, six weeks later than the expected date. Joining me to talk more about the Simplified FAFSA is the director of the UCI Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships, Becky Sanchez, and her senior associate director, Crystal Madal. Becky and Crystal will explain the changes found in the new FAFSA and the steps their office is taking to assist students with the financial aid process this year. Becky, Crystal, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Excellent. Becky, help us again with the basics. What again is the FAFSA and what is it used for? The FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. So that's what our students complete in order to know what type of federal student aid programs, state programs, institutional aid programs. Um, it lets the universities know what their financial need is. Um, our AB 540 eligible or our DREAMers, they complete the CATA, which stands for the California DREAM Act application. And it's the similar application that also allows us to provide them financial aid as well. Very good. Uh, about how many students apply uh, or submit the FAFSA every year? Um, 17 million annually, um, but here at UCI we have about 23,000 students who fill out the FAFSA or the CATA. And a when, lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's a very large uh, group of students it who is. need this, this yeah. application. Uh, when is the deadline then to submit the FAFSA? Um, we are wanting our students, those that can complete the FAFSA, should be able to, and we would like them to complete it by March 4th. Um, and we understand there's some different deadlines out there. Um, you know, but for most of our students, they should not have an issue completing it. Um, it typically is taking about 10 minutes for most of our students. But we understand some of our um, populations are not able to complete the FAFSA, and so we're going to be very patient with them and be very generous understanding that it's very confusing. Um, so, you know, I know that the um, CSAC, which handles the Cal Grants, they've extended it to April 2nd. Um, and so certainly we were working with that date, but we're, we're really hoping that most of our families complete it on the March deadline. Mm -hmm. So just because financial aid takes so long, you know, throughout the summer to complete, we really feel like it's going to benefit our students if they can fill it out to complete it early. Very good. Crystal, what is different about the FAFSA now that it's been simplified? Well, certainly, as Becky said, 10 minutes um, yeah. is, is about the average time it takes. So um, most students that have completed a FAFSA before will be pleasantly surprised to see that uh, the maximum before was about 102 questions, um, and most families now will be answering about 18 questions. So wow. a big reduction in the in the amount of questions that they have to slog through. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, before it was optional to uh, use the IRS, what they called DRT, data retrieval tool. 
Um, they've changed the name, but now uh, contributors to the FAFSA um, link their FAFSA application directly to the IRS and their federal tax information. And so it eliminates the human error issue, the cat stepping on the keyboard and entering an <laughs> extra zero. So it's going to minimize those human errors uh, completing the application. And then um, with that reduction in, in um, questions, uh, we're happy to see two questions fall off. One was the the um, males between the ages of 18 and 26 registering for selective service. Um, they're not asking that question anymore, and they're no longer asking questions about um, drug convictions uh, in a student's past. I think one thing that we are a little sad to see go is the question on where our students plan to be housing. housed. Yeah, so that's, you know, typically we set the student aid budget based on where they plan on living, and they're not asking the question this year. We're hoping for it to come back for 25-26, but for 24-25, we're going to need to make some assumptions and then go back and verify with our students, which we feel like it's an unnecessary um, thing to have to go out and ask your students. So again, we're hoping it comes back for 25-26, but that is one thing that we've been a little disappointed about. Yeah. I understand the reduction in the questions and the saving of time and sort of the inputting of data information from retrieving from the IRS into the into the application itself. I can see all of that being simpler and better. What else is good about these changes that are benefiting our students? Well, the, the largest benefit is that um, changes to the methodology used to, to calculate a student aid index means that uh, nationwide we're anticipating about 610,000 additional low-income students will qualify for a Pell Grant that have never qualified before, um, as well as an additional 1.5 million students qualifying for the maximum Pell Grant amount wow. uh, for 24-25. So um, those are big numbers. Nationwide, there's about 5.2 million Pell Grant recipients. Um, so uh, really expanding access to that valuable program is uh, what we're anticipating the most positive outcome to be. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, Becky, I understand there have been delays in receiving the FAFSA yes. data. Um, I think this comes to us in, in something that's called an ICER. Yes. Uh, what might be the impact as far as packaging and awarding aid because of these delays? Yeah. I mean, as far as a delay, I can't imagine how our families must feel right now, especially, you know, our first generation students who um, maybe haven't had a sibling complete a FAFSA and, and their parents haven't completed a FAFSA. They haven't applied for financial aid. And so understanding that this is really very frustrating for them. And, and we are in the same boat as them. We feel that same frustration. Sure. Um, but the ICER is the response from the FAFSA. And so like you said earlier, we normally receive that at the end of January. And we're not expecting that until mid-March. Um, so for, for financial aid offices nationwide, we're just, you know, kind of just you know, just floored at how long it's taking to get the information. But keeping in mind, the Department of Education hasn't overhauled the FAFSA in 40 years. Right. So that's, you know, no, no, um, it's a heavy lift for them. And so we understand that, but we still feel very frustrated because we can't provide our families with what they need in order to know what um, the affordability factor will be going to a university. Um, so, you know, we're just going to be there for them. I think the, the responses, you know, we normally send new students, um, their aid packages in March. They won't receive them until around mid-April. Um, and so, you know, we are trying to get it to them as soon as possible, um, you know, with also making sure that our vendors and all of them have the correct software and they've done the testing necessary to get everything up and running and give accurate aid awards. 
So a long, long, long time ago, I was a financial aid student myself. So I, yeah. I understand how important it is to know what your financial aid offer could be before yes. you make a decision about yes. accepting yes. admission. Uh, so tell me also about this extension of the ad- accepting admission deadline called the Statement of Intent to Register. Yeah. That's been extended as well. Yes, the the, the UCs have extended um, their Statement of Intent to Register um, to May 15th. It's normally May 1st to have that decision day, but they've extended it due to the delays in the FAFSA. Um, and that's in part because we we understand how important it is for our students to have their financial aid offer, have enough time to review it, talk about it with their families, understand the affordability and the costs involved in going to a university. And so we're happy that the UCs have made that move. Um, and, you know, and then it's back in our lap to make sure we put those offers out. And, and that's our top priority. We care very much for our students and understand how stressful um, financial aid can be. Finances is probably one of the most stressful things a family will do when they're entering into college is understanding that affordability factor. Yeah, very true. Um, Crystal, back to you on this. There's been like a different headline almost every day, it seems, about the FAFSA rollout. Help us with just the three things you think students need to know now about this. I think the most important thing is not to panic. Don't panic. Um, uh, There is uh, the situation is fluid. We're getting new information every day. We are adjusting when necessary. Um, We're communicating. We will will be generous. We understand it's beyond your control. It's beyond our control. Um, So don't panic. If you can get in and do the FAFSA, please do. Um, And if you are delayed because of of technical challenges that are outside of any of anything we have control over. Um, just please do it as soon as you can. Um, adding on to that, don't wait. This is not the year to wait. Um, don't delay. Uh, gather your information. Um, be prepared uh, with the elimination of the housing question. We will also be asking students to confirm um, their uh, where they plan to live, their housing um, plans for 2425. Uh, so they'll uh, check their requirements that we're asking students to complete. And just don't wait. This is not the year to wait to the last minute to submit anything that we may need to complete their application or to start and submit their application. And one more thing, I think. Uh, the, the third <laughs> thing would be uh, those special populations yes, of students yes, yes. Uh, that are having those challenges um, is to just keep in touch with us. Uh, the Department of Education, um, we have it available on our website. They're publishing a list of all the known issues as well as when those issues are resolved. Um, so we'll be communicating with those special groups that we're aware we are aware are impacted. Um, and uh, uh, don't panic and, and don't wait certainly applies to that group as well. And we'll be in touch. Uh, we receive new information every day. We're advocating uh, through every possible channel available to us as part of the UC system with the Department of Education to uh, to make them aware of the situation of, of students in California and particularly for us at UC Irvine. Um, so uh, don't don't wait, don't panic, uh, and and keep in touch. Monitor yeah. your emails. Very yeah, good. yeah. Good. We just really want our students to know that we care and that we're 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 with them on this. You know, we have their back, and um, you know, we're going to be here the whole way through and making sure we communicate everything we know at the point we know. Sometimes it changes daily, but as soon as we know the information, we're trying to push it out to our students. I can just, knowing the two of you and just hearing what we're talking about today, I know how deeply you care about helping these students that we serve. 
Um, but being this is first year of the FAFSA rollout, the new FAFSA rollout, how is the, the whole Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships, how is it working to assist students with these changes? Well, we're making sure, um, first and foremost, that we're available, right? We want to make sure that we students have access to us. Um, they can call um, our main phone number. Um, and they can get in the queue. And, you know, sometimes it takes a few hours because we have thir over 30,000 students attending here. But um, they will get a live person to speak to on the same day. They will have an opportunity to talk to us, ask whatever they want. Um, and there's no bad questions at this point, right? Because we're we're all kind of navigating this new space together and trying to get through that. Um, another way that we're doing that, we're, we're, we're obviously sending out communications. We've already communicated um, with our continuing students about the changes in the FAFSA and, and some of the delays that are happening, we've already reached out to our new student population that has applied to attend here. And, and, and also so has the University of California Office of the President. They've also sent um, communications out to all of the new student applicants. So communicating often, being available, um, and just making sure that our students know that they can contact us. We have um, a queue list where they can have an in-person appointment. They can have a Zoom appointment, um, basically reaching students where, are, where they are. And I know Crystal wanted to talk about our new, um, our new ZOT aid We've also portal that's going to be coming online. Behind the scenes yes. uh, to launch a new student portal, a new student interface. Um, it's it's going to include a very clear financial aid offer, um, which breaks out their... Uh, grants, scholarships, loans, work, um, a very simplified way for them to understand what their costs will be, what aid they qualify to receive. Um, it's where they'll upload their documents, um, review information, any outstanding tasks that they may, to may need to complete their application. Um, continuing students will certainly feel the facelift that it's gone, uh, it's gone through. It's much more uh, user-friendly, intuitive, easy to navigate, and it just looks more modern. So uh, we're excited to launch Zant Aid as part of the yeah. simplification of, of the financial aid I think offer. our students going to find it to really be adding to their student experience. It has a lot of transparency um, that I think maybe our old system was lacking. So we're excited to be able to launch um, Zant Aid this fall. So, so simplification is happening also not just in the FAFSA, but in the services we try to provide yes, for our students. absolutely. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Becky Crystal, this has been very informative. Thank you for helping us understand the simplified FAFSA and how the Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships is supporting our students with these changes. To learn more about the simplified FAFSA, please visit the website studentaid.gov. Students can also contact the UCI Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships directly for help with their questions. The number to call is 949-824-8262. The UCI podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at the University of California, Irvine. I'm David Namey. Thank you for listening.